0: Mm-hmm. You well, transmitting high atop of Florida's Peninsula once again at 108 feet. This is Alpha Mike, and you are listening to Raider Cop Podcast. And this is episode 136. 136. We are moving along. Today, we're going to be talking about intake and the forgotten profession in law enforcement. One of a 10 part series. So we're not going to bombard you with all 10 episodes, one after another, because God knows people don't like the uh, oh, oh, forgotten profession. I, I forgot the, the term, the forgotten profession. So God forbid they hear 10 episodes of the forgotten profession. But we are going to start off with Intake. And um, what's sparked this was mostly what's going on with the coronavirus. And now we're starting to see a real increase in cases in the corrections facilities. And uh, definitely something that we need to talk about. There goes my co-host going down the hallway, Milo. Well, he's still in training for 2021 when we come out on Raider Cop Tube, and uh, he is a a three-and-a-half-month-old Australian Shepherd, He's going back the other way now, and uh, we'll be training him soon enough, so if you're uh, barking in the background and all that, that's just my co-host, nothing to worry about. But we wanted to take the opportunity to talk about uh, corrections and uh, the coronavirus because it is important. So let me dive into what we're going to, the shows that are coming up and why they're coming up and a kind of a little explanation of what we're doing here. Of course, this is April 22nd. You're listening to Intake, episode 136. Uh, April 29th untrained leadership in corrections and that is a part of the roll call series if you are a avid listener you know we work on a platform of episodes and this is roll call we also have uh, sidebar think out of the box training and wise guy series so On this one, Untrained Leadership and Corrections. Boy, are we going to spill the guts here on that one. That's 137 after this one. Then on May 6th, we are going to look at episode 138, Who's in Charge of My Agency? And that might partly hit a little bit about the forgotten profession of corrections, but it's also going to hit police. May 13th, episode 139, Back to a corrections episode, which is going to be get it all, mass release from jail. And we're going to, so that that, that will give us three episodes right there. Then we're going to start getting back into the rhythm of things and some normalcy, uh, as far as the podcast goes, May 20th, Don Vito, episode 140, and episode 141, May 27th. Your eyes look at the target in combat with Kilo Sierra. We had that uh, originally sometime in 2019. I think we we canceled it out for something. But anyway, it's back on then. And, and, and as you know, Kilo Sierra came up on 135 with us. And uh, he talked about getting involved in blogging or vlogging. So uh, we're going to hold him to that. So by the time he gets here on 141, we should be hearing some Productive information as to uh, what what's what's on the progress notes with that. Now we got a lot of uh, episodes we're going to also be doing in the Wise Guy series, and we're going to be looking at mm-hmm. a series of of things. Uh, I didn't want to go into the families, you know, the the five families and this and that. So I want to talk about personalities that are big. In part of these families because it gives you a better understanding of how they will run or the dominant figures in the family. Because, you know, I, mean, I tell you about the family, it doesn't, you know, they all sound alike, right? So, uh, we're going to have some coming up uh, in uh, June, July, August, September, October, November. That's a lot. So, uh, you can see it on uh, readycopnation.com and you look up uh, shows that are current and upcoming and you can see there for 2020 but you know we we give you an example one coming up uh, in November is going to be the Cigar Rusty and Bananas okay so those are three personalities right there and uh, they're going to tell a story you know Junior Sonny the Prime Minister Chin, Benny Squint uh, they all are a story of a leader that formulated that particular family to the standards they are somewhat today. So that's what we, we're, we're going to do. So we're going to start, you know, that, now that's not going to be every month. You know, that's one show every month. And we're going to be doing some other things as well. So, and of course the, the media continues to give us a steady barrage of hysteria and uh, there's a lot of uh, people want to go back to normal some people say this what is the new normal and there's a lot of confusion nowadays but in the meantime well everybody's trying to figure out what to do you got to stay on your precautions on wash you know sanitize your hands wash your hands If you feel impelled to wear a mask, do so. Six feet distance if you can. And slowly people are going to start integrating, but you got to have those things bred into you of washing your hands and hygiene and so forth. I'm lucky because I've, you know, during my career, I had the constant habit of vitamin C and washing my hands consistently. I mean, I could be sitting at home, and for no apparent reason, I just get up and go to the sink and start washing my hands. So it's something that we have to keep on doing. It's a part of the new norm, if that's what you want to call it. So, you know, we got to keep an eye on that. A lot of things are going to be happening in the law enforcement circles as well. The numbers of officers dying as a result of coronavirus, incorrections, the forgotten profession, and law enforcement police are on the upswing, most of them middle-aged, most of them with almost at the end of their careers, which is very, very sad to see and to report. But nevertheless... That happens, and uh, that's why they serve. Uh, civilians can't understand it, but, you know, we know this is a part of the life that they've chosen, right? It's unfortunate. I wish it wouldn't happen to anybody, but there's troubled times we lived in today. So if they're not shooting at a cop, trying to kill one, trying to put one on YouTube tube and ruin their career, a the virus will kill them. It's unfortunate. So keep their families and their communities and their agencies in prayer because this is a troubled time we live in. And as always, if you want to get in contact with us, you can. It's redacopnation.com There you can see all our social networks. And uh, we have started to post a Sunday fun day. And everything we post on Sunday is just, you know, funny stuff to kind of get your mind off of uh, the new scientific mode that we live in. It's like a horror film, and uh, you know, you, you've got a, you got, you know, somebody told me I posted something about uh, the mummy. So somebody go, well, you know, maybe that a lot of people are hurting. They are, and they, and they really are. But one thing with law enforcement officers, they got through all the misery in their career, and they still do, through humor. Humor is what gets them over the top. They see things they shouldn't be seeing. They see things that are horrific, everything. But what gets them through an entire career is humor. God forbid you make a mistake in front of all those witnesses they will actually give you a nickname as a result of that mistake. You'll never forget it. All right, without any further ado, we're going to jump into the word of the week. (music) Reading from 1 Peter 4. 1 and 2, the scripture tells us, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. For he was and has suffered in the flesh, has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of man but for the will of God. And as always, we encourage you, you can hear more on this verse right after this episode is uploaded on the 22nd of April. And uh, in the evening, the other one will come out from Test Everything 1521. There's also a link on RaiderCopNation.com. In the section, it says Test Everything. There you can hear the Explanation to this these, this verse that we give on every episode, less than 15 minutes, that's all it is. So if you've gone AWOL and you didn't go to church on the weekend, which a lot of people are not physically going. Some of them are going on the internet, but they're not physically going. So you can hear that 15 minutes or less of your time to uplift you, God's word. And you won't be uh, troubled for it. You'll be a better person as a result. So we encourage you to listen. And, uh, I, you know, I want to, I, I got to bring in our co-host. You know, they've been sitting on the air that circle. I know, you know, the scheduling is so horrible. And some people have so much uh, things going on right now. So, you know, keep all, all our co-hosts on constant prayer. You know, remember, some of them are active and, it's just a troubled time, you know. It's a troubled time. So the cop, I know he's out there. Wonder Woman, she's out there doing her thing. Pistol Pete's putting guns together. That's very important. I don't think there's a virus in the in the universe that could stop Pistol Pete from putting guns together. No way. You know, those things are gonna happen whether you like it or not. So, essential or non-essential. Pistol Pete'll be hammering away. God knows. God knows he's essential. All right, so we got a lot to talk about on intake. So it's time to start up the clowns and get this ball on the road. Episode 136, Intake. Imagine, if you will, an area that is so scary that superhero police officers, as soon as they go into this place and take their prisoner, they can't wait to get out. They start to have anxiety attacks looking around in a sweat, waiting for the 1st see see-all-they-see and say, hey, buddy, you got the keys to let me out? Because they always say the same thing. I don't know how you people can work here. I got to get out of here. That is the profession, the unforgotten, or better said, the forgotten profession in law enforcement. There is no way that corrections can stand on any pedestal with any law enforcement agency. Not that they're not capable of, but because they're not given the credit of what they do. News reporters glamorize corrections as guards prison guards, security officer, they minimize what they do because they believe that the only thing they do is that one little spot that comes out in a movie when they click open the cell and take the prisoner out and walk him down the hallway. That's all they do. But in essence, they do a lot more. So we're going to take you here on a 10-episode journey through the corrections, the forgotten professions, hallways, corridors, intake, release procedures, classification procedures, and basic jail and prison mindsets. And we're going to tell you how it ticks, how it operates. And it's nothing like police. It is a haven for liberal leadership where every bad guy is a reformed individual that is dignified to be there. And they put that inmate or prisoner in such a high esteem they mostly always pass the officers in statute. Now, of course, there are a lot of people that are in the corrections field that say that's a bunch of hardwash. He's going to talk on nothing but crap now. But believe you me, it is sad that corrections continues to be the forgotten profession. Because you see, the people that are in the profession, in leadership, will tell you quickly we're not the police. So with that being said, that gives you a good introduction of where we're going. That if you're not the police, what the hell are you? Correction officer. What the hell's that? Undefined a good friend of mine once said problem that they have they have an identity crisis and he was right they have no idea what they are because it's not glamorized in any movie you don't read about it in children's books when you're growing up you're not told that it's an action-filled adventure profession so therefore it just slides on back of the shelf somewhere. Nobody cares about it. It's the forgotten profession in law enforcement. Everybody else has excitement. What the hell do they have? But today we're going to look at intake, the process of being booked. Now, of course, booking is a whole different experience in different jurisdictions, some areas, like New York City, when a police officer arrests you or detains you, it takes you to Central Booking in the borough that they belong. That's their Central Booking precinct or command center. And uh, they have to stay with the prisoner. Some crazy logic there. As the criminal is run through the system, and sometimes that could take hours or days if that process happens, I, I don't get it, but I've heard horror stories about it. And the officer, since that's his prisoner, cannot just leave him there. Some jurisdictions, they just arrest him. They drop the affidavit, the arrest form, and they take him to local sheriff's jail, book him, and they make first appearance 24 hours later, and good luck to you. So, some other jurisdictions, the police officer has the ability to arrest you, take you to the station, and if you can post bond there, you just bond out from there and never even see the jail. So, there's different set, setups in different areas. But we're mostly going to look at what the big cities are doing. And one of the processes when you're booked is first the validation of your name. Of course, you're going to have your mugshot. You're going to have your fingerprints. Prints now are digital or electronic. And you're going to go through a search system, NCIC, National uh, Crime uh, Criminal Identification Center, that's run by the FBI. Sometimes that's hit or miss. Not, Not in accuracy, but in time. Sometimes you get the information back right away. Sometimes there might be a up because it has a similar name. So they might have to go to another identifying aspect. And sometimes that is your, your fingerprint identification number. And uh, that will basically... You know, not everybody has the same fingerprints. So sometimes they... NCIC people look it up, and sometimes they may may even have to do a manual, at least when I started. I doubt they do manual verifications anymore, so electronic, but nevertheless, that process has its moments as well. Then once you go through all that, you got to go to the medical aspect of it. Now... Here's where we're going to take a small little pause here because when we have issues, because issues have always occurred in criminal justice before SARS, not as big as it was now, but that was an issue. And uh, there was... A different book and procedure that when you got there, probably the first person you came in contact with in the jail system was the nurse. And the nurse uh, did whatever medical check or physical check uh, of the prisoner before they were allowed entry into the jail. I don't know how... That process, of course, should be predetermined today as well. But not everybody has the resources of having those equipment, nursing staff, and resources like masks, gloves, and everything else. But we're going to pause right there with the nurse, still in the front entrance. When I keep on going down our list, needed resources. Now we talked about gloves, mask, PPEs, personal protection equipment. Now every agency should have a nice, firm supply of it. I remember back during Hurricane Andrew. And we were told to go to a certain storage area and pick up PPE equipment. Oh, we've got plenty of it, they told us. We got there. They gave us big trucks to go pick this stuff up. They were so confident. As we wheeled there and backed it up and got ready to load this stuff up, one of the guys that was there, my good buddy, he goes, hey, before we start carrying all this crap, check the date on the box, bro. So we looked at the box. The box looked a little dated itself, but we couldn't find a a date on the box, so we did the next best thing. We cracked that bad boy open. And what we found to our horror was dry rotted gloves. They'd been on the shelf for so freaking long. And the humidity in that warehouse had rotten them out. Box after box after box. That, my friends, was incompetency of major proportions. So back during the era of Hurricane Andrew, gloves were a new thing. They weren't as prevalent, let's just say, as they might have been today. But officers were becoming more and more reliant on them. All of a sudden... What do you mean the gloves are dry-rotted? And everybody didn't know what to do. Everybody had sort of like a, a affection towards these gloves. They wanted them. They needed them. They were part of them now. But they weren't there. And you would see officers with cloth gloves. Imagine pulling out a cloth glove today and putting it on to pat down Somebody. My God, they'd put you on YouTube. you get a, a million hits. You'd be the goof of the week. Have times have changed. But back then, during that era of time that we were given that detail to go pick up imaginary PPEs that were dry-routed out, nobody could remember when that purchase was done. Executive staff members all of a sudden excused themselves from being even employed with us. It was astonishing. Nobody would admit it, anything. But it was an incompetence to a level that I started to sit back and think about that. I was just an officer. And I said to myself, why don't they just put this crap in the budget? You get every officer you have and there's an X amount of PPE equipment based on the emergency for that officer, right? Now, the only other question you would need is how long that emergency would last. A great example of that was also Hurricane Andrew. Because you would think a hurricane was just like a 24-hour thing. The storm would pass and everything would go back to normal. But not in Hurricane Andrew. For months, we worked Alpha Bravo. That means twelve-hour shifts on, twelve-hour shifts off. We slept in duty stations. There was nowhere to. For some people, there's no place to go home. It was a time where you were charged with mentally. That was my time. Today, these officers are charged with a different mental issue with the coronavirus, the invisible, creepy virus. And then you wonder, is this glove, is is this mask, is this PPE, is this equipment that they gave me, will this really protect me from this invisible virus? You hear the numbers, 30, 40, 50, 60 officers have contracted The invisible virus. Immediately, those agencies will say, Well, they did not contract it from us at the jail. They might have gotten that somewhere else. Great line. Because then those agencies turn around and tell you, the officer, Well, prove you got it here. And how are you going to do that? So, you would think that. These agencies were well-equipped, and everybody had a space astronaut suit to fight crime with your space outfit, but they don't. They don't. You have executives that... I'll, I'll give you an example. You probably got some type of rain gear equipment when you were fresh out of the academy, let's say. Years go by. You're wearing the same creepy-ass rain protection equipment. It's weathered. It's old. It, it, it looks like it needs to be put to rest. Then there's a commanding officer that pops out of nowhere and they throw on their brand-new rain gear and this idiot sits in an office all day why do they even have freaking gear? I'm an officer too really could have fooled me but I remember that in my career the illustrious the elitist at the at the palace all had the good stuff brand new. Brand new. Out of the box. Frontline. Good luck. It was like the gladiators. You'd fight for it. and The winner got the gloves. And it would be scary to say that those things were still happening today. All right. Your rights. What do we mean by rights? Well, there's a lot of rights when you come in through intake. Let's start with the inmates. First, they're in your custody, so they have the right to be protected, protected physically and even health-wise, mentally. So when they come to jail, they should have some type of expectation that they will be screened, or classified properly, and not endangered by being placed in a cell or holding cell with somebody that has coronavirus. The agency will probably say, well, how can we determine who had and who didn't? But most likely the courts will say, well, you should have had something in place. I would have told you. My friends, what's coming down the pike is not going to be pretty because those cases and correctional institutions are increasing. People are getting the coronavirus, and the lawsuits will come. Officers have rights, too. Their unions bargain for their rights. Many officers in other jurisdictions around the country, like New York City, for example, they have screamed that they don't have protection PPE equipment that they're told to hold one mask and clean it out and keep on using it or make your own mask. We failed. We failed each one of those officers that had to improvise because the agency couldn't produce it. But the agency has a policy that they would produce it, but they didn't. What happens now? Does the union become a death mute all of a sudden? Doesn't bring it up? Or does somebody have the right to bring it up through a lawsuit? You know, sometimes lawsuits are not about making other people rich. Sometimes lawsuits are about correcting the wrong. Who wants to go through that crap again? So there's a lot of people that have rights when they're going through intake prisoner, the officers, the civilian people, the personnel that work at the jail as well, right? The police officer that's booking them, they all have rights. And correctional personnel management have the responsibility of figuring out everyone's rights making sure that the institution upholds to those rights to the full extent of the law and if they can't then they have to make the necessary arrangements quickly to safeguard each individual the negligent error comes when you know what you're doing isn't 100% kosher or you use some yiddish words And you keep on doing it anyway. I saw a picture in the newspaper, not gonna say where, where an officer seemed like he was taking, in fact, the caption was, the officer was taking the temperature of another officer. Last time I looked, officers were officers and not medical personnel. Yes, they're first responders taking a temperature. And a lot of people on Facebook looked at the same photograph that I looked at and were shocked. Why is that officer doing that? Well, obviously, he was told to do it. But see, I knew the answer to the whole mystery. I said nothing. What are you going to say on Facebook? Who cares? After you say it, you go back to your couch and sit down and turn, change the channel. Your era, your time is over. But the mystery behind that was that the nursing or medical staff assigned to the jail have been contracted only for inmates. They are not allowed to touch officers. That specific agency, that specific issue has been going on since Moses wore shorts and it still has not been corrected the union continues to be a death mute the representatives of the union that should bring it up to the leadership of the union death and blind you see in order to be a union advocate representative you have to have boldness of speech when you see something you don't huddle in people's offices to correct them behind curtains. You do the Jimmy Hoffa and you blow them out. You basically blow them out of the water. You put them on blast. You let everybody knows the wrong so it could be corrected. This one little issue I've told you has been going on God, since inception, I'm not even going to give you a date, 30, 40 years since inception. So when you have an issue like this virus, the medical staff, I'm only here contracted uh, to deal with uh, image. I can't touch the officers, has been going on forever like I told you. And that agency has done nothing, zero, to correct it. And then you look at the salaries from commanders on up, the $100,000 ranges: 110, 150, 160, 180, 200. None of them, none, clueless, completely freaking clueless. And why? Because they, like my friend Jake used to say, Ain't got no ring time, dog. That's why. They got no ring time. Have you never had any ring time? You don't know what the bell rings. You don't know what the hell to do. What I gotta do? Put my arms up? Where? What? Next thing you know, you're getting clobbered. No ring time. So, that's an issue. First appearance. Now, uh, eventually, at some point, whatever jurisdiction you're in, you're going to have a first appearance. They're going to give you a bond. The reality is a lot of uh, sheriffs or a lot of agencies have chosen to open the floodgates and let people go. We're going to have an episode on that. But that, my friends, in my personal opinion, is totally an injustice to the community because... The premise of government is to protect the citizens. That is paramount. And anything else that is done is negligent. There's no way that you lay lay out 20, 30, 40, 50% of your population and say they're not going to do anything. Don't worry. (laughs) They don't bite. It doesn't work that way. No, these agencies don't need to open up gates and let people out because that defeats the purpose from the cops that arrested them for doing bad stuff out in the street in the first place. They got to play the game all over again. It's like a do-over. No, these institutions need resources to keep the crook in jail. Crook wants to leave. Crook needs to start cashing out some money. Bail reform. we did, Look, we did a show on bail reform. That's another farce. Agencies cut them loose. Promise to appear nonsense. But this is not a promise to appear. This is basically we got to let people go. And then they use the sad excuses because the more people that we let go, we're safeguarding our staff. Bullshit. Because if there's nobody to watch, what the hell are the staffs going to watch? Who are they going to watch? Each other? There's a bunch of monarchy. Irish words now. So it doesn't work that way. You need resources there. So how do we fix it, Alpha? Each agency head, jail, Let's, let's leave prison off to the side because that's a state issue that has to go through these communist governors. But jails, either they're run by the county or they're run by a sheriff or a city. Their agency chief has to put in the budget an expenditure for each Deputy officer that they have an allotment of PPEs for an allotted amount of time to keep them going for this never to happen again. Oh my God, do you know what the cost would be? Oh well, blame China. You pissed off at somebody? Blame China. Like the president said, it came from China. China. You got to blame somebody. But crime isn't free. It costs money. And anything, anything that deals with medical is expensive as hell. So these PPEs that used to probably cost a nickel and a quarter a year ago, boy, wait till the new rates come out now, buddy. Woo-hoo. Just for you. These cities and counties and states are going to be paying buku bucks for PPE equipment. I also believe that PPE equipment should be graded, like fire equipment. It's time to take the gloves off and cut the bullshit. People are dying. But we can't have union reps that are blind, deaf, mutes. There's You got to start correcting these things year after year after year. You know, if the, if the union was smart to get together in a room with 30, 40, or 50 retirees, they're, they're re- retirees, now, they, they always find them, they're always hanging out somewhere. And bring them in from different eras, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. And you're going to hear the same crap over and over again. Things all have the same common element that have never been corrected. What are we waiting for? All right, so you can't make first appearance. We talked about the floodgates opening, and that's not what government supposed to be doing. Their primary purpose is to safeguard the community, not endanger the community by releasing criminals. Why are they criminals? Because they got arrested. So you can't pay spine. Now you're going to, at some point, you're going to start a new process called the classification process for housing. Now, during this whole oh, intake process, there might have been some type of body scanning and stuff stuff like that. It's very, very, personal or better said very impersonal for a lot of people when they get booked because they're stripping and there's all kinds of things that you're not going to feel comfortable if you're not a career criminal of course career criminals think it's funny there is a memo I want to take the opportunity to read and I will that we're going to close out our show but there was a, a judge recently that put in a court order that detainees or inmates should be at six feet separated within cells. Laughable. Laughable. So, if the citizens don't know, but let's say you have 23 bunks right in a cell but you got 40 inmates where the other ones go Uh, uh, there's not enough bunks the other ones go on the floor that's how that goes get it so you're looking at six feet difference come on let's do the math in space okay let's do some basic math this ain't core curriculum just basic freaking math The amount of space that you need, the amount of people that are there, and we kind of like divvy all that up and see how the hell we can do six feet. You would need like 18 football fields. Can't be done. So let's finish off with some memos of wisdom. All right, I'll read this. And again, there's no specific jurisdiction of where this is coming from. But if you're listening to this, I want you to read, I want you, You can't read it, but I want you to listen to each word that I'm saying and put yourself in the predicament of the officers working at these jail institutions and see if it could be carried out. We'll end with this. And um, before I get to that, uh, let me r- close out the show here. We got the, um, the song of the week, of course, is Frankie Valli, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. And, uh, of course, what's up next? We have uh, the episode 137, April 29th, Untrained Leadership and Correction. And after I read what I'm going to read, you'll understand a lot better. Here we go. As we continue to manage through the COVID-19 situation, it is more important than ever that we all practice strict social distancing at all times. No exceptions. Social distancing means refraining from close contact from any person, staff, or inmate by remaining at least six feet apart. If, during the course of your duties, close contact must occur, it should be limited to five minutes. But, in absolutely no case should it be more than ten minutes. Are you serious? Also reminded to stay home if you feel sick with a cough, fever, sore throat, respite, and floodgates open there respiratory issues in order to prevent the spread of COVID-19 or other flu-like likenesses. There you have it, kids. Let that sink in a little bit, what I just read. Put yourselves in the place of the officer. As always, it's been my pleasure to be your host on Radio Cobb Podcast. Continue to pray for yourself because without you in the game, we have nothing. Continue to pray for your family, for your community, and your agency that serves you. Most importantly, continue to pray for our great country, the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out. 22.